Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Activate Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Activate. Now, God is very into promises, okay? So not sure if you knew that about God, but he is very into promises. And we are going to, um, as I said, speak about a promise that he made to the people of Israel. And we're going to go to Joshua in a minute. But just before we do that, I just want to give you a little bit of context about where we find ourselves at the time of Joshua. So God, you know, towards, you know, towards the start of the Bible, you can read about God making a promise to a man named Abraham that his descendants would live in um, the land of Canaan, right? Now, fast forward almost six centuries and you find these people living in the land of Egypt as slaves. Now, when you weigh up the two, they don't really seem to match, right? Promised land, land of Canaan, and then you've got slavery in Egypt. So God sends a man named Moses, and many of you have probably heard of the story of Moses, and he sends Moses, and he um, sends him to go and free the Israelites from slavery in Egypt. Now, they see incredible things. I mean, imagine turning up to some water. You've got people coming behind you that want to kill you and capture you and take you back to be slaves, and then this guy hears from God to use his staff, and boom, Water, go. Just just walk through, guys. Just go. There's water on either side. Don't worry. Just walk straight through. Imagine seeing things like this. Imagine seeing the incredible things that the Israelites, the Israelites saw when um, you know, God freed them from Egypt. Right? Now, God had promised them this land, but we see that the Israelites then spend 40 years in the wilderness. And the reason that that happens is because they, they sent out 12 spies, and just to suss out this promised land that God had promised to them. And they come back and 10 of them bring back a bad report. And what happens is that the Israelites didn't have the faith to believe in the promise that God had for them at that time. And so they find themselves in the wilderness for 40 years. And this is where we pick it up. Six centuries since that initial promise to Abraham, we pick it up in Joshua. So we're going to um, head to the, to the start of Joshua and it's going to come up on the screen behind me so you can follow along. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. For this shall cause, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that was written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will, and then you will have good success." Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So God had made a promise to Joshua and he had made a promise to his people. 
I, um, I was, I was <laughs> out this week with some friends having some lunch and we were talking about getting your L plates, right? Remember that 120 hours that you had to do when you were getting your L's? Right Now, there are probably a few different groups of people in this, in this room. There are the ones who didn't have to do their hours. There are the ones who had to do their hours. Right, there are two groups. Then there's actually, there's another group, and this is kind of like a subgroup. This is the group of people who had to do the hours, but they had siblings that didn't. Right, and I fall into that group, and a couple of us there at the time fall into this group, and we were reflecting on the fact of how unfair it was that our siblings didn't have to do it, and we had to fill out that silly logbook every time we drove, and we had to get 120 hours before we could even go for our license. Right, and we were reflecting on that, but you know what, to be honest, now that I'm on the roads, I am so glad that there is a certain amount of training that is required before people are allowed to drive on our roads. Right, because they, they, we could really make a real mess of things if people didn't have the training that they needed to be able to do that. And it's like this in many areas of life. You know, if you think about um, you know, a, an elite athlete, they need a lot of training to be able to do what they do. If you think about a barista, right, you don't just get a perfect cup of coffee. Like, that doesn't happen. That barista has undergone very important training to give you that cup of coffee the way that they have done that. You know, I'm so glad, personally, that surgeons have so much training. Yeah, because I don't just want to turn up to an operating theatre with someone that's decided that it would be a good job for the day, right? There is a certain amount of training that is required for certain parts of our life, for certain things that we want to do. And, you know, Joshua, he wasn't a random selection that God had made. Tell you what God didn't do. He didn't wake up one day and go, I know it. Today's the day that the Israelites are going to enter the promised land. And while I'm at it, I'll choose you. He didn't do that. He didn't just pick Joshua at random. He didn't just choose this timing at random. He wasn't bored that day, but he had called Joshua for this. And he had made a promise to Joshua. And Joshua knew what that was. And he took steps in the direction of that. But you see, even though God had made that promise to Joshua... Joshua still had the responsibility to partner with it, to see it become a reality. We all have purposes and we all have promises on our lives. And, you know, for you, maybe it's not um, leading a nation into the promised land, but for you, it may be something else. And that promised land may actually represent something different in your life. Whatever it is, your preparation will position you to step into the promises in your life. You see, Joshua was prepared. He was prepared for this and because of that, he was actually positioned perfectly to take on what God had for him and he was positioned perfectly for God to move through him. The thing about Joshua is he was actually Moses' assistant. So that that meant was that Joshua had, he had this exposure to Moses and this exposure to Moses' leadership. He had an exposure to how Moses ran, you know, um, led the Israelites. He had this exposure even to Moses' intimate relationship with God. So there were things that, you know, Moses, um, Moses experienced with God that Joshua was physically located much closer to, to that experience than the Israelites were. And so there was so much that he could learn from Moses in terms of his leadership, the way that he related with God. He also had a history of faithfulness to God. Now, if you remember, I mentioned that the Israelites sent out 12 spies, right? And 10 of them gave a good report, which means there were two that gave a good report. And Joshua was one of these two. You see, from the beginning, 
He was faithful to the promise. From the beginning, he had the faith to believe that God could do what he said that he would. And so he had a history of faithfulness towards God. And because he was prepared, he was positioned perfectly. And even though he, he honoured God early, God was now blessing him and bringing him out in the right timing. Yeah. See, Joshua's positioned because he remained faithful to the promise initially. And I, you know, I have a couple of questions for you guys tonight and I'd actually encourage you, if you've got something to write it down on, I'd encourage you to write it down because, you know, sometimes it's actually really a really good idea to ask ourselves questions that we can reflect on. And if we come every Sunday and we hear a message, that's great, but if we never actually apply it to our lives, then it's not really making much of a difference. So I'd encourage you, take these questions, write them down, reflect on them in your own time and actually see how God wants to speak to you through that. So my question to you is, what are you doing now that's preparing you for what's next? What are you doing now that's preparing you for what's next? It's when we remain faithful and we partner with what God has promised that we position ourselves to step into the promise. You see, the Israelites always had the promise of the promised land. In the time of Moses, they had that promise. But what they didn't have was the faith to partner with it. And so that is why we see that they spent that time. You see, the promise was always there, as I said, the land. But they had to actually conquer and and take hold of the promise that was in front of them. And I think that Joshua is such a great example of of God's faithfulness. He's such a great example of God's promises and God being faithful to his promises in our life. And we're going to read in Joshua 21, 43 to 45. And this is where, um, you know, it it talks about when, when the promises actually come to pass. It says this, Thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to give to their fathers. And they took possession of it and they settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Listen to this. It says, Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All had come to pass. All of his promises had come to pass. God was faithful to them all. You know, the thing about Joshua is he, not only did he, he had the promise, but he actually had the faith to believe it and he had the willingness to obey the com- his, God's command. And the thing is, when it comes to stepping into God's promises, we actually need both. We need the faith to believe it and we need the willingness to obey his command. Yeah, faith will always lead to obedience, right? So faith leads to obedience. And I personally, to be honest, I actually find this really challenging because I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that I have it all together. No way do I have it all together. You know, none of us really do. We're all human, but at the end of the day, you know, the reason that I find this so challenging is because if faith leads to obedience, then that must mean that disobedience is really rooted in distrust or a lack of confidence in God. And so it challenges me personally because when there are moments in my life of disobedience, it's like, well, I have to ask myself, and and I'd encourage you guys to ask yourself the the same question because I know I'm not the only one. Do we have the faith to believe God's promises? Do we, have the, do we have the confidence in God for him to do what it is that he's, that he's asking us to do? Why is it so that we so often to fail? Why, do, why is it that we so often fail to obey what God's asked? And do we really believe his promises? I'll just give you a little bit of theology for life, okay? This is, this is, good, this is good theology for life, okay? God is always trustworthy. He, we can always trust him. 
for eternity, no matter the circumstance, our God is always trustworthy. And that is theology for life. It's something we can always reflect back on. So we know that, and it means that we look from there, okay, okay well, God, if, if God is trustworthy, then what do I need to check in my heart? What do I need to, what do I need to look at? God said to Joshua, every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you. That's a pretty amazing promise. But at the end of the day, that promise is still just an offer, right? All that that promise is, is an offer. You know, if I promise you that you can have a chocolate bar if you pay for it, yeah? That promise is there, but if you don't pay for it, you're never going to get it. If I promise you that you can have that food, so long as you just put it in your mouth, you know, the food can sit in front of you, but if you don't do the action to put it in your mouth, chew and swallow, you're never going to actually enjoy the food. And, you know, honestly, this is, this is probably one of my um, flaws in life, um, being very vulnerable tonight. Um, I have this to-do list, and I mean the to-do list is ongoing, of these things and these opportunities that have been afforded to me that I understand, but I seem to be doing nothing about. Now, these are things like joining a gym. Um, and if you're, you know, if you've been around me for the, probably the last three years of my life, I've been saying, I really need to join a gym. I really just need to do it. I really need to do it. And I can see some heads nodding right now because, you know, I understand that if I want to be fitter, if I want to be healthier, that's a really good thing to do. Have I done it? No. Another one of these things is um, servicing my car. Um, I know that you're meant to get your car serviced on time and I know that that's probably, you know, that's going to make my car run long for longer and it's going to be healthier and probably cost me less money in the long run. Now, I understand these things in my mind, but my last service was probably in August and I still haven't got it serviced. So there are these things in my life on my to-do list and I know that, you know, these are opportunities that have been afforded to me. But I somehow just don't seem to be taking up that responsibility. I find myself so often neglecting to partner with what's been given to me. You know, the fact that God had given Israel that land, it didn't negate their responsibility to step out and take it. It didn't negate their responsibility to step out in faith and take what was given to them. If the promise is there, then why do we so often not partner with it? And, you know, this is obviously going to be different for everyone. And the question really is, is what's holding you back? You know, for me, in the example that I just gave, it's probably a large portion of laziness um, partnered with busyness and priorities. You know, I'd say that all those things are probably playing into that. And maybe for you, when it comes to God, maybe one of those is, is part of the reason that you're not stepping into the promise that he has for you. Maybe for you it's fear or maybe it's being unsure and not having all of the answers. Whatever it is, maybe it's different to that still, but whatever it is, I'd encourage you to try to work out what that is. You know, um, throughout the week I work as an occupational therapist and really core to what we do as in occupational therapy is we look at what are the barriers to someone's participation in a given activity. Right? So just say that it's a kid and they you know, are having difficulty making friends. So we look at, okay, well, what's the barrier to them participating in that and maintaining a friendship? Okay, well, maybe they have no social skills, so we should probably work on that, yeah? Or, you know, say that um, somebody can't get into the shower safely. Okay, well, why can't they get into the shower safely? Why can't they do that activity um, safely, right? That's really core of what we do. But you see, I don't really think that there's, I think that, you know, there's not that much difference when it comes to our relationship with God. What are the current barriers that are stopping you to participating in the promises that God has for you? What are those current barriers? Because if we can identify that, then we can probably start to identify where God wants to move. 
there may be barriers and promises in your life or areas where God wants to move. And, you know, you don't have to be perfect. Please don't get that because we don't have to be perfect. What we do have to do is we have to have faith and the obedience, the willingness to obey his command. I don't know if um, there might be some of these people here and if there is, please come and let me know your secrets afterwards. But have you ever met those people that are on holidays and they're like, I just can't wait to go back to work. I'm so bored. I just can't wait. Yeah, I am not one of those people. When I'm on holidays, I, I mean, I love what I do, but I just want to stay on holidays forever. I could be on holiday, these endless holidays and I would not get bored. And you know, I think this is probably because I really enjoy little effort. I really enjoy the fact that if I sit on the couch all day, no one's going to come and tell me that I should have done something. Yeah, there's, there's no, you know, it's a no effort experience for me. But I know that if I was to do that with my life, I would find very little reward. Because when we put in the effort, that's when we get our reward. And whilst it's nice to be lazy here and there, let's not be lazy when it comes to God. Yeah, because if we're not going to put in the effort, then we're not going to see the reward. And that's the same when it comes to our relationship with God. Maybe for you, maybe you're unsure of what's next. Maybe, um, you know, you don't have all the answers. And I just want to encourage you and remind you that God directs our steps. He's always guiding us. And Joshua didn't have all the answers either. For me, this has been um, really true in, in my life, even just in my career options so far. You know, I studied, um, studied at uni and generally out of that, what you do is you go and you find yourself a full-time job and um, I found myself um, in a job where I was able to still volunteer a day a week here at church. And so from there, I um, went for another job, which I'm currently in, but in the interview, they were kind of saying, oh, yeah, so we want full-time and I said to them, oh, yep. Um, well, I, uh, I really, at the moment, I do a day a week at my church and I'd really love to be able to keep doing that. Like, if you want to take me four days, which is pretty much code for, I feel as if I am supposed to continue doing a day here at church, but I'm in a secular job and I'm trying to say to you, this is what I really feel on my heart to do. And so, thankfully, you know, I got the job and I am blessed with an incredible boss who I then went to a year later and said... So remember, you know, how you want me five days. How would you feel about me doing three? (laughs) And, you know, by God's grace, you know, I was able to do three days there, even though really they would want me five. But I didn't just do that because I thought it was a good idea at the time. I did that because I really felt as though that was the next step for my life. That's what I felt to do. Now, do I know where I'm going to be in, you know, 10 years? No, no idea. To be honest, I, I don't know what that looks like. But what I do know is that if I stay faithful to God's steps now, then he will lead me to where I'm going. And just as with Joshua, we don't need to have all the answers. We just need to trust God along the way. You see, who knows that when it comes to God, there are always steps. Yeah, there are always steps. And, you know, for the Israelites, he had made the promise, but there were still steps to get there and they didn't have all the answers. It's through reliance on God without all the answers that they achieved this. And my next question to you is, what is your next step? And, you know, you might have actually heard this phrase around Activate. We have a team called the Next Steps team for this reason, because God will always guide the process. But regardless of if this is your first time ever walking into a church or if you've been in church for 10 years, you know, we all have a next step. We all have a next step. And it's really important to identify what that might be for you so that you can be led by God in the direction that he's calling you. 
So one thing that God was really clear about to Joshua, and I'm not sure if you caught it when we read it, but he said it multiple times. And generally when God is saying something multiple times, it means that he's really trying to make a point, okay? Now, he said multiple times to Joshua, be strong and courageous. In other words, be bold. Being bold is not an option. It's required. You see, the Israelites weren't to fear what what was ahead. They were to trust God. But to be honest, it actually would have been totally fair enough for them to be afraid. I mean, if you sent me into battle, I find it hard enough to watch it on a TV screen, let alone be there. If you sent me into a battle, I would be there shivering, probably unable to function, and then you'd just see like this horse and this person travelling off the other way, and that would be me running in the other direction, okay? It would have been totally fair enough for them to be afraid. But we can so often let fear prevent us from moving forward because we allow fear to be greater than our trust in God's promises. Let's not allow fear to be greater than our trust in God. What is fear stopping you from doing? What is fear stopping you from doing? You will need strength and you will need courage. You will need boldness to take on the task that God has for you. I wonder if I can even get a bit of show of hands, a little bit of interaction. Um, If anyone here has ever prayed, God use me. Now I have. Yep, great. That's about what I was expecting. Okay, that's amazing because it shows that we have this genuine, real desire for God to use us. It's like Ben was preaching last week and he said, you know, that prayer shaped me. It's awesome because we actually, we have this desire for God to shape us, to use us. But I find that we so quickly disqualify ourselves. And whether that be because of fear or whatever it might be, you know, maybe it's because of sin. I just want to remind you, God is not surprised that you are human. He is not surprised that there is sin in your life. God is not surprised by that. And he chose you anyway. You see, as we said, we don't have to be perfect. We just have to be willing because we believe in a God that is a good God who loves you so much that he sent his son to die on a cross. He sent his son to live a perfect life that he knew that we couldn't live. And then when Jesus rose again, that perfect life, that was placed on you. And God puts out that offer. He puts out that promise, that offer to us. And it's when we take that up, that perfect life that Jesus lived now sits on us and God sees us with that so we can have relationship with the God, with God who created the heavens and the earth. It's incredible and I never get sick of that story. But you know, when we disqualify ourselves, it's almost like saying, well, you know, what, what Jesus has done, you know, Jesus already did that. He already has the victory. So when we disqualify ourselves because of our sin, it's like saying, oh, but I don't know if I can accept that. I don't know if, if that's, if, you know, I've still got sin in my life. And yes, Jesus, you did that. But, you know, my sin's here. Didn't you know? He's like, yeah, I know. I died for that. You know, so when we disqualify ourselves, we're almost selling the gospel short. If you want to go to the beach one day, okay? If you want to go to the beach and you never initiate any form of transport and you never got, you know, you never get, you never stand up to walk to the car, you never get in the car to get there, you're never going to get to the beach. That makes sense, right? If you want to be stronger and fitter like me and you never join a gym, you're never going to get there. If you want the weeds out of your garden and you never pull them out, they're never going to leave. If you want your house clean and you don't clean it, your house is never going to be clean. This makes so much sense to us physically. Yeah, it makes sense to us physically that there is something required of you if you're going to take, you know, th- take hold of the opportunities in front of you. Yeah. 
But I find that spiritually, maybe it's a bit harder for us to understand sometimes. It's like physically we get it. If you don't do anything about it, it's gonna, if you don't do anything, it's just going to sit there if we don't act. Yeah, that makes sense to us. But spiritually, how often can we say, oh, you know, God, just, if you can just, you know, lay everything out for me. God, if you can just put all, you know, I'm just waiting for God to put all the pieces together. It's like we almost expect God sometimes to come out with a silver platter without any input from ourselves. And, you know, waiting on God is a great thing to do. Waiting on God is a great thing to do. And I'd encourage you to do that. But when he speaks, we have to act. When he speaks, be bold, be proactive. Don't just sit there. Make sure that we act. I love our theme as a church this year. It's be bold. Our theme is be bold. And, you know, it's so important in our lives individually if we're going to step into the promises that God has for us. But even as a church, there are promises that are on this church. And as we as a congregation are bold, I can't wait to see what God does with this church, with this church and the people in our church because I tell you what, it's exciting. And I can't wait yeah, to see how God works through us. When we partner with the promise, we create the opportunity for that promise to become a reality. You see, the Israelites were bold, they took on their battle, but we know that it wasn't their skill and it wasn't their strength that won the battle, right? We know that it wasn't up to, if it, it wasn't up to their skill and strength. The victory of the battle was never really theirs. In fact, the victory of the battle was God's because God has the victory. And as God tells Joshua, he says, Israel's rest depends on God. So they must trust him and they must obey the words that were given um, to them through Moses. God has the victory. We just need to be bold enough to step out and take that. We need to be bold enough to step out and, and take hold of that promise that he's given to us. Yeah, you see, the battle is not yours, it's God's. And we're, we're not going to win it out of our own strength, but by reliance on him. You see... I hate to break it to you, <laughs> but you are not the hero of your own story. And I, I hate to break it to you, but we are not the heroes of our story. As, as Christians, we actually exist to glorify God. We exist to make his name known. We exist to make him famous. And so, you know, if, if I can live my life and at the end of it, no one really know what I've done, but they say, you know what, God is good. Well, then I think that's a life well lived. You know, the thing that I love about Joshua is he was the main figure in the story, but we don't look at this story and go, how great's Joshua? Joshua's just so awesome. We look and we go, how good is God? God fulfilled his promises. How good is God? He is worth all the glory. And as Christians, we, we live to glorify him. And so we are not the heroes of our own story, but it was even with Joshua, he was reliant on the word of God. He was reliant on the prayers of the people. And without that reliance on God, they would have got nowhere. If it was up to Joshua, they would have got nowhere, but it was through God's strength and, and um, God's, God's um, faithfulness to them that they, um, that they inherited the promised land. You know, it's no different today. Without that reliance on God, we're not going to experience the other side of his promises. And, uh, you know, if I suppose the question then is raised, well, if the battle's God's, then what do we do? Like, can't we just sit there and do nothing? If he's, if he's won it, then what's the point? But, you know, as I said, if we don't partner with it, we're never going to see God's promises. Joshua um, had some things, I don't know if you caught up in the end of what we read earlier, um, but God actually gave Joshua some instructions and he told him a couple of things that I think that we can really take hold of tonight. It says, be strong and courageous and do not be frightened. We spoke about that, be bold, 
yeah? Be strong and courageous and do not be frightened. It also says to obey the book of the law, to obey God's word, and it says to meditate on it day and night. You know, it's, it's saying, you know, meditate on this, make it integral to who you are, to what you do. You know, God has put so much in this book. He has put so many of stories, encouragement, promises, so much about him, who he is, his character. And we, when we read this, it's not just words on a page, but it's for us to live. It's for us to live out. And, you know, we, are, as Joshua was, to meditate on what he had, been, you know, the words of Moses and what he had at that time, we are to meditate on this. We are to spend time reading his word to, to, you know, about his character and allowing that to be integral to who we are and the decisions that we make and the actions that we, that we do. We're to be obedient and have a pure heart towards God. God also says, though, he says this, he says, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you, and the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that promise, same promise is true for us today. You know, God will never leave you. He will, not fors- he will never forsake you. You can't disqualify yourself from his promises. You can't disqualify yourself from this life. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And his grace and his mercy is new for you every day. And so you can't, there's nothing you can do to, squ- to disqualify yourself from what he has for you. But he has that promise. He has that offer out there. And it's up to us to partner with it. It's up to us to say, you know what, God, I'm going to do this. Whatever it is, whether it's the fear, let it be gone. I'm giving this to you. You know, maybe I've been lazy. God, my eyes are on you. It's up to us to partner with that so we can see the incredible things that he wants to do. So I'm going to ask everyone to Hey, thanks for listening to the Activate Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you are encouraged today and we would love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to activatechurch.com.